Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Welcome back, everyone, to Press X to Reload, the ongoing adventure slash journey to find all of the best video game film adaptations and tell you that they are, in fact, worth watching. Pull them out of the $5 bin, because guaranteed, that's where you're going to find them. I am Nick Moore. Joining me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athenis. Wayne. Good evening, everyone. And Mark. <laughs> How's it going? And today we are looking at Silent Hill, based off of the, well, the long-running video game series that's very horror-inspired and very more... If Resident Evil is your jump scares and your visceral gore and violence, Silent Hill is the antithesis of it with more psychological and mind-bending, am I losing my mind, is my soul at risk sort of horror. So think of it more like traditional Japanese horror versus American horror is probably the best approximation. Uh, it's the 2006 film based kind of off of the first game, but also kind of the second game. Uh, but we will start with hmm. Mark. What are your thoughts on the film? Uh, you know what? So, and if we've not discussed this before, uh, I'm not a big horror video game guy because they, um, they'll give me a heart attack. So... <laughs> Cause I just get too into them, but I do enjoy horror movies. And I found, um, this movie was weird for me in that there are moments where I feel like the acting isn't spectacular, but the, the mood is so, I think, cool, which kind of gets lost for me in that there are times when I don't feel like the, the story is the best. Um, and from what little I know of Silent Hill though, the movie does one thing that from what little I've seen well, which is it creeps me right the hell out. Sure. Like absolutely creep out. So for that purpose, I kind of like it actually. Um, and for a horror movie adaptation, it certainly feels more faithful ish to at least the tone and feel I get from the Silent Hill games than um, some other horror adap adaptations like Resident Evil. Okay, sure, sure. Now, Wayne, as you've mentioned before, you've never played any of the Silent Hill games, uh, despite being a big horror fan. It just sounds like it's never come mm -hmm. across your way. So you're really the purest thing that we have in the room here for just a true moviegoer who doesn't have any real ties to the the franchise in particular. How did the film come across to you? Yeah, I mean, like, I never played the Silent Hills, not for any particular reason, just sometimes there's just too many games to play and 
some good ones you leave out and, or some bad ones, but never got around to it. Uh, it. It's interesting. I do remember seeing this film, but I don't remember the film way back in 2006. And I hmm. remember somehow being not too impressed with it. But you know what? Watching it again, I, I thought it was a pretty solid flick, actually. Yes, it's a horror film. Is it scary? Well, scary is subjective based on your own fear. Uh, I don't find it a scary film. There is some disturbing moments near the end that are kind of chilling. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's directed really well. The sound is well. Sure, the story's maybe not super strong, but I think it's a solid flick. Its only problem, I thought, maybe it ran a little too long by repeating a lot of just running around the city. But right. other than that, mm-hmm. it, I think it's a... From what I know of Silent Hill, visually, it seems to pull the source material extremely well, maybe even better than some of the other films we've watched. Okay, no, and that's fair. Now, myself, I'm a pretty big fan of Silent Hill. Uh, I find myself kind of torn sometimes between the more visceral scares that you get out of the Resident Evil games and the more creeping dread that kind of permeates the entire Silent Hill franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This film does an exceptional job of getting the tone right. It really does. It has that creepy mood to it. Everything feels slightly off kilter. All of the aesthetics, which I'll get into a little bit later, it's spot on. The story is the part where it suffers a bit, which is a shame because the story is one of the stronger aspects in the games in terms Mm -hmm. of the way they set things up and the way that the monsters kind of thematically match the anxieties and the fears that each protagonist has. And that's where this kind of gets a little bit lost. The movie itself got reviewed okay by people overall. Uh, I know that when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, of course, it sits at its 31%, whereas <laughs> audiences are in the 60, uh, 60% range. And it's funny that you mentioned, Wayne, not really remembering the film and not really remembering liking it, and then this time kind of being okay. Corinne watched it with me. She swears that when we saw this movie when it first came out that she was there, she could not remember the first half of the film and remembered hating mm. it. Hmm. This time around, she's like, no, it was actually okay. And interesting. <laughs> everything made sense enough to her, but she doesn't she did not remember the first half of the film at all going into this and was pretty I. sure she was going to hate it. So she almost had exactly the same experience you did, which I find interesting because again, she's not someone who's played any of the games at all. To her, it's just a horror film. Uh, but a little bit of background you know- on go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know what's interesting about that though is that like uh, I kind of felt the same way, like, but I I vaguely remembered the opening. Okay. But I feel like it's because, and again, uh, maybe the pacing of the movie or su- like suffers from this. Like they rush through that opening, like they get them to Silent Hill as quickly as they can, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But there's a lot of things they don't explain. Like they they don't explain why they adopted her, how long they've adopted her. They don't explain, you know, I don't feel anyway, like there's a timeline of, of between how long they've adopted her and how long she's been having these nightmares to basically get to a point where the adopted mother decides to kidnap her child and take her to Silent Hill against the wishes of the father. Like it's a pretty, pretty bold step. It's an extreme choice. Credit cards. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's like, What's been going on in terms of the background conversation that would lead to that bolt of a choice? So they yeah. rush through all of that. And then you get to Silent Hill and it's just like, okay, well, whatever. We're in Silent Hill now. I agree with that. Yeah, It's pretty odd because, I mean, the way that this film opens up, you have this adopted daughter of the, the main character 
Um, I'm always terrible with names, but uh, the the main character you've got Sean yeah. Bean and then the the woman there, and the the film kind of centers around the mother, which was an interesting change compared to the original story where it's the father looking for his daughter, but I'll, I'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But you have this daughter sleepwalking and talking about Silent Hill and almost sleepwalks off of apparently a waterfall near their home and almost plummets to her death. <laughs> and I guess this has been yeah, going on Alaska, for... That's the name of the daughter. Right. It's been going on for apparently a little while, but they don't really specify how long <laughs> or, <laughs> again, why they've adopted her or any of those circumstances. But it must have gone on for a at least long enough to rattle the the main woman, Rose, because she's willing to, as you said, take her daughter to the Silent Hill place that she keeps talking about in her sleep and drawing on all of her you know crayon pictures without discussing it with the husband at all, apparently. <laughs> in the middle <laughs> no. of the night, just jump in the car and, okay, we're driving off to Silent Hill. Yeah. That's a really extreme choice to make. To be, I'm just going to drive to this place that's apparently halfway across the the country to find what I'm not sure. She doesn't seem to know either, but clearly answers are going to be there. And he tries to talk yes. reason to her and tries to cut off the credit cards and everything else, and jumps in a car to chase after her. And it feels like there's an entire movie beforehand of a family falling apart before we get to that point. <laughs> Pretty much. Which, on the one hand, feels really rushed, but on the other hand. I don't know if you necessarily need all of it either. It's really weird. Well, and then like, again, the decision she makes, right? Like she runs from the cops at one point. Yes. She takes her child and says, hold Which on. Which made no sense. <laughs> and just, and it does, I don't know why. Like it just, nothing makes sense. She seems a little. Yeah, that part made no sense. But I, I guess the movie had to happen. <laughs> but I agree. I agree with yeah. Nick, what you're saying at the beginning where you you're not sure whether this necessarily is needed. And that's the problem is by giving us what they gave us, it's either you either need to give us a lot more to make this make a lot more sense, or you went just a little too much more than we needed and just get to silent Hill. And they, they were, they were off on that. They gave us too much of one thing, but not enough of what we needed. (laughs) And again, not to be the jerk who compares to the games and such, but it's only striking to me because in the original game, it just starts with Harry's driving across the country and his adopted daughter's in the back and someone's on the road and he swerves and then a car crash happens. And when he comes to, his daughter is missing and he's in Silent Hill. It's a two minute opening mm. and he just ends up there by happenstance. It's like the town pulls him in rather than this case where Rose actively seeks out this town to try and mm. solve whatever's going on with her daughter and whatever mental issues that she's suffering from it it seems like a lot more backstory than was necessarily needed. Yeah. Which was odd to me. It's not necessarily a bad choice, but it does create some conflicts in terms of how much story you're willing to set up and how much story the audience really needs to kind of make sense of what's going to go on. Uh, But very odd. Also makes you question the rules right off the bat when her and the cop get pulled in, but other people don't. It's like, okay, what's the rules here? Is it, is it because oh, she's with the kid they yeah. get it? So then why is the cop in Silent Hill as well? I, I don't understand the rules of who gets pulled into Silent Hill. Right? <laughs> yeah, like uh, I was f- trying to figure that out too. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why didn't they? And then I was like, okay, maybe it's because of the kid. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's the cop. And yeah, like, yeah. we'll get to that. But so like, oh, it doesn't make sense. So jumping ahead a little bit, that is something that was really yeah, interesting sorry. to us when we were watching it. So Silent Hill itself as a town is this abandoned town where apparently there's fires raging underneath it from 
uh, I can't remember. They describe what it was. Tire fire. Mine. Yeah, a mine it that was caught a mine. fire. It, no, it was a a mine that caught fire. Right, a coal mine or something that caught fire that never seems to yeah. be related to everything else. I think it's just the idea of underneath the city, it's on fire, so it's like the city itself is hell. Okay, cool imagery, and it at least gives the explanation of why they would desert that town because the fumes will kill anyone who's there. Mm-hmm. which at first you could write it off mm-hmm. as, okay, well, if she goes to that town with her daughter, maybe the fumes are making her kind of see things and hallucinate. But they make it really clear when the husband gets there looking for her, she's running around through Silent Hill and facing horrible monsters and looking for her daughter. Mm-hmm. And Sean Bean, the husband, shows up and is in the exact same spot as her. And the camera keeps switching back and forth to clearly show you she's switched to some supernatural version of Silent Hill that she's trapped in. And he's just in the normal version, like a normal yeah. person. Mm-hmm. I really liked the idea that they did that because it clearly shows, nope, it's Agreed. not a psychosis. This is absolutely supernatural. Yeah. But it mm-hmm. does beg the question, mm-hmm. what pulls you into that world and what doesn't? Up yeah. until about mm-hmm. two-thirds of the way through the film, you look at the characters that are in it. Rose gets pulled in, looking for her daughter. Sybil, chasing after Rose, gets pulled mm-hmm. in. They run into uh, Dahlia, which is the mother of the original daughter that is this whatever, mm-hmm. this supernatural entity. The only other people you run into as people are a nurse that was taking care of the girl who's now gone blind from looking at her because weird supernatural crap. And this other member of the church and then the leader of the church. That's all women at this point. And at that point, I was starting to wonder, is this something where the only people you'll see in Silent Hill are women? And if so, that's a really unique stylistic choice. And then you get to the church and there's men Mm -hmm. and women in it. But it almost felt like only women could get in. Which, if it's the idea of a mother protecting her daughter and that kind of matriarch sort of idea, that's really interesting. But it turned out that me and Corinne were both wrong and it's just fluke yeah that's not what they were <laughs> so doing. it's two rules so you got to be looking for somebody yeah two rules you got to be looking for somebody and then you got to knock yourself out while looking for them apparently that's how so you get into silent you're looking hell. for someone and knock yourself out <laughs> you uh you forgot the third rule um it was in the script because the story had to happen so. oh, geez. oh right sorry three rules <laughs> like that's, in all fairness all to this one <laughs> aside yeah. from rose's really weird motivation for wanting to go to the silent hill yeah most of the character decisions make some degree of sense Like when her husband's trying to look for her, goes to Silent Hill, can't find her. And now he's trying to investigate, well, what really is going on with Silent Hill and trying to like break in and look at the records. I can at least understand where that's coming from. But her decision is desperation. Right. But her decision just pick up the daughter and run is really weird. (laughs) But again, if they'd set up some sort of idea of how long and how many dangerous events had happened. That makes zero sense. Right. If they'd set up, this is like yeah, the fourth yeah. or fifth time that their daughter had almost killed herself during a sleepwalk. Okay, I kind of get it. But anyway, you have her go into this town. She's chased by a cop. They're going through there. And then you start seeing all of the terrible, psychological, awful things that would be chasing it. One thing I really liked, and again, as someone who's played the game, it strangely sticks to a lot of not just the aesthetics, but the plot devices of the game and manages to work them in has to go to the school, has to mm. go to the hospital, all these places that you go to in-game, they find ways to kind of have Rose go to each one while chasing after her daughter. The only thing that's really odd about it is, again, like I said earlier, the movie is kind of like this weird hybrid of based off of the first game, which is a parent looking for their child, 
and based off of the second game, but the only things they pull from the second game are like the monster designs and they have no bearing whatsoever on the story that's happening here because thematically <laughs> they're about a a man who's dealing with guilt and sexual frustration over a wife that he left while she's in the middle of dying from an illness and he selfishly walked out on her. It's his guilt and kind of self-loathing that brings him back to Silent Hill as well as her rage at him. Things like Pyramid Head don't make any sense in this. They make sense as this BDSM thing in Silent Hill 2 mm-hmm. and its head blocking itself off because he refuses to see what's going on around him. All of that kind of makes sense in the second game. Pyramid Head should not exist in this film, but he does look yeah. cool. Hmm. He looks cool. They did it. And I think that's why he's in, obviously why he's in there is because he's iconic with the series and he's sure again for someone who's never played silent hill i know who pyramid head is so agreed yeah so i get the the need he looks amazing that's actually a good point too is um i actually thought the effects held up extremely well for 2006 i have zero complaints about any effects or makeup in that film i was like it looked good still yeah well they made the smart move of using CG when they had to. So, for example, when you've Mm -hmm. got the children who are kind of half on fire, the fire spreading across Mm -hmm. the children in the school, that's CG. But other than that, you can tell it's prosthetics and makeup over people. Like, all of the the nurses in the hospital that have got, like, the blanked-off faces and the knives in their hands, they're all dancers that they'd all kind of done up in prosthetics and makeup. Pyramid Head, apparently, the person behind the costume Roberto Campanella was almost seven feet tall by wearing 15 inch heels so it is a person playing pyramid head <laughs> which is really cool huh. yeah, it's not sure. a CG thing and it creates a real yeah, weight like, to for your the point, actors. I really love that yeah 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 I really like I really 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 like that about the movie looking into the film the director Christoph Gans who I will admit I don't know a whole lot of what he's done Apparently, he spent five years chasing after Konami trying to get the rights to this film. To get the rights to it, he sent a a video describing how much he loved Silent Hill, how much it meant to him, and also sent scenes that he'd filmed using his own money to kind of show off what he would do. Now, being someone who has played the games numerous times, when Rose, in this case, instead of Harry, when Rose first ends up in like true Silent Hill, so not just the creepy kind of maybe this place is haunted, maybe not, but when the air sirens go off and all the architecture now looks like chain link fences and hard rusted metal, Mm -hmm. the actual camera angles that are being used while she's looking for her daughter are exactly the camera movements that happen in game. And I remember it's standing out in game because at the time you had Resident Evil had its you know, kind of fixed camera, pre-rendered backgrounds. Silent Hill took great delight in going, well, we have a fully rendered background and all in-game engine. We can mess up the camera and it would intentionally use these weird winding Mm -hmm. camera movements that would throw you off as a player and just make you feel a little off kilter. There's one shot in particular where she's Mm -hmm. running at the camera as it's going down an alleyway and it starts raising up, goes to a bird's eye view and then starts twisting upside down as she's running down the other half of that alleyway. That shot is in this film. That's amazing to me. It's funny you said that because as that shot was going on, the first thing that came to my mind, I turned to Christina and said, look at that. It looks like that looks like something probably out of the game, even though I've never played the game. Yeah, it just absolutely felt like a game shot. (laughs) And that's one of the. um, 
I got to admit, like Silent Hill, I remember I did an attempt it once to play it, <laughs> <laughs> the first one. And what got me about it actually was exactly that, was the, I had to put it down. Because I was just like, it was going down an alley and you had a little flashlight and the camera refused to look down the alley. It just kept at an angle that was kind of just off kilter, just off shoulder, a little off to the right. And it was just like, wait a minute, I can't see what's around this corner. And it was doing that intentionally. And I was like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. But like done. this film takes it the step further of her going through that chain link kind of area, coming across the crucified body who's still alive, missing his lower half and looking down mm. at her breathing. That's all from the game. The skinless, weird, mm. on fire children that are now coming at her. The only difference between the two is here. Mm. It is dozens of these children coming after her. Whereas in the game, it's like three or four because, you know, game engine. <laughs> but yeah. in the game, it mm. ends with they kill you and then you wake up in game somewhere else. In this one, they're about to kill her and she wakes up like mm. it carries across a lot of those ideas beat for beat, which I find really interesting only because you're going to carry those little moments. But the big moments of the plot, the motivations of the characters, those are the things that they tweaked. It's really weird. You change mm. the main characters, yeah. the motivation of the actual main villain, as it were, the the girl to be purely now a revenge mm -hmm. story of they burned her because they thought she was a witch because I guess it was a town of crazy church people. Whereas in the game, it's like yeah. government conspiracy and <laughs> using her to try and develop psychic powers and there's a connection to an evil god. Like there's this huge nonsense thing happening. This one's a much more contained story, but it changes the motivations. It makes me wonder, like, why did you compel this younger reincarnated version of yourself to come back to the town and to have her mother chase her. And I asked Corinne about it, because again, I'm I'm too tied to these things, so I keep trying to fill in the gaps with my knowledge from the game. And Corinne points out, it's just to get inside the church. The church seems sealed off. When they mm -hmm. stab the mother and her blood touches the floor, it taints that entire place. And now the yeah. evil version of the ghost child is able to ruin that entire church for revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh that's a rough scene in terms of like the graphic, gory it's and again, um, because of the dated special effects, it's not as gory as it could have been, but the implied actions that are happening in there between how some people go out, oh, I'm yeah. like, Oh, that's gruesome. The movie takes a turn for his hard R by the time you get to the church, and it's yeah. not really that violent. I mean, yeah, fine, you've got the eviscerated guy hanging with his lower half and whatnot. But that's someone who's already been hurt, who's already been attacked. You don't see a lot of actual mm -hmm. violence happening to people until when they're running to the church and Pyramid Head shows up purely to rip the skin off of Anna. Skin. Like he's pulling a yeah. jacket off of her. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. And then the yeah. Hellraiser-esque attack of the church people at the end. Those are the yeah. only really truly violent moments, but they are so yeah. uh, the burning. Okay, yes, the burning Sybil is pretty. Yeah, uh, that is vicious. Yeah, that's all part of that end part. <clears throat> that yeah, like that last third yeah. is rough, and I don't mean that like mm -hmm. a, oh it's rough it sucks, but it's just it's disturbing to watch. It gets a little bit hard to sit through, and I like Sybil's mm -hmm. character. The cop is a relatively sympathetic character. She's just trying to help, and she gets a yeah. bad. Mm -hmm bad take given to her mm -hmm. 
that beating before she gets captured, oh. I was just like, oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Though I do like, and again, to set it up for the, the audience there, Rose is desperately trying to get to her daughter, and the church people have decided that she's a witch and they have to stop her. And Sybil, the cop, who spent half of the movie trying to arrest the, the mother for gross negligence of letting her daughter get away and run from the police has decided, no, I have to help you, and holds off the church people with her gun while Rose jumps into an elevator shaft and then shows that the gun was empty anyway and just gets the hell kicked out of her. But the balls <laughs> to sit there with the empty gun and stare them down, the only thing that makes no sense to me is, why'd you pull the trigger at that point? If they still yeah. think you have bullets, just back out of the room and run away. Yep, exactly. I, yeah. She didn't think that one yeah. through. Maybe she thought she had bullets left. I don't know. But it didn't seem like it. It Maybe. seemed like she knew. Yeah. I like that whole final, like once they get to the church and they kind of explain what happens through that, you know, mm. old camera. Oh, yeah. I, that's what mm. it gets interesting for me. It kind of, like you said, it's a mix of that psychological horror meets like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. You know, it's just the, the way she yeah. goes into that hospital yeah. basement and the kid is still down there burned and pissed. And like, oh. I thought. Like even when they were telling the backstory and the nurse wanted to peek into the window to see the girl, like yeah. there was just something creepy about that. You know, you've had everybody probably had nightmares similar to something like that where you're peeking sure. and you see something you shouldn't and it's freaky and scary. And so I thought that was really cool. And then her coming out of the pit with the with the barb, I was like, oh, yeah. holy, shit. this is actually pretty creepy. This is like Hellraiser going on here now. And it, her yeah. with the yeah. bed tilting and she's all burned. I was like, this is actually kind of creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, they did an excellent job yeah. of that stuff. It was it was genuinely unnerving near the end there. And yeah, for sure. Like you were saying before, yeah. the effects of it. Because I mean, yeah, the barbed wire is CG and it looks a little bit dated, but most of the effects for it hold up really well because most of it is practical. Mm-hmm. Especially one of the first monsters they encounter very early on when Sybil, the the police officer is trying to arrest Rose and you see that figure off in the distance coming towards them. And as it's getting closer, Crin's like, that thing has no arms. It's got no face and it's kind of coming yeah. towards them. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yes. I the... forgot about that. And this is the one yeah, of the I things know. that I really love the aesthetic of it, but it, as someone who's played the games, I'm like, ah, oh, they're missing the point thematically. It's not that it has no arms. That is a straight jacket made out of flesh. It's supposed yeah. to, again, it's supposed to kind of go back and represent some of the the experimentation and things that were done on this original child. But now it just becomes, ooh, creepy mm. monster. And it does yeah. look creepy when it spits the acid out of it. and Yeah. Really cool. But it's missing that context is the only thing that kind of drove me a little bit over the edge about it. But it looked cool. That makes sense. Yeah, and that stuff, it did. that stuff didn't bother me, obviously, because I'm not right. as, as tied into the game. Um, it's the I lore, Mark. Cool. I wanted I like, my lore. <laughs> God, I'm not allowed to say that word anymore. Yeah, no, I, I I get it, though. I do get it. Because, again, when you're more – and that's what's so difficult, right? Like, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Is because, quite frankly, the people who watch these movies are fans of the game, mm-hmm. of the original content. Sure. And they these are the things that drive them nuts. And I understand why they drive them nuts because they drive me nuts. And – in looking at the good in this adaptation, that feel the 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 it's the disturbing nature. Like horror movies are very rarely scary for me anymore. So really, it's about what disturbs me. And this movie is full of just such disturbing. Like the that scene when those, when those babies are chasing her 
and their skin's all melty and their their mouths are twisted and screaming. It's just creepy. Oh yeah. When mm-hmm. they're like clawing at her legs, trying to pull at her, I'm like, it's just so creepy. Yep. And that for me was what, although I would never play it, what I actually loved about Silent Hill, it creeped me out. Like I've watched you play Nick, and <laughs> I remember seeing those little babies chase you. And I was just like, Oh my God, why, why did it have to be babies? Like just, <laughs> Oh, Oh, it's so awful. Just creeps me out. Not scares me, creeps me out because again, like any good horror, you put yourself in their shoes and you're like, Oh my God, that would be awful. Which is sometimes why what breaks it for me in the movie when the acting isn't the best at all times is because I'm like, I'm putting myself in their shoes. Like the cops got a gun. And the cop shoots something, and you know the cop is real because you met her before you got into Silent Hill. And she runs away, handcuffed from the cop. And I was just like, Mm-mm, I'm staying with the lady yeah. with the gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to go off on my own in this town. Yeah. Like, no way. With my hands binded now. With my hands behind my back after I just saw that. At that point, they've made no it way. clear she is very single minded in the sense mm-hmm. of, I need to help my adopted daughter. So if I can't find her, yeah. I will leave anyone to go find her. If I have her with me, I'll go to the scariest place in the world if it makes her just a little bit better. She's arguably a really good mother in her intentions. She's just a terrible mother in yeah. what she actually does at any given moment. Yeah. And where did yeah, it get her? I agree. <laughs> but Yeah. And what does it get you? Now, yeah. one question I have actually for you, Wayne. Because I know music and films is a big thing for yourself like it is for me. What did you oh. think of the music in this film in particular? I actually really liked it. I've actually been hunting down the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Now, Loved the it. reason Loved I asked it. that question, with the exception of one licensed film, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash, when she wakes up mm-hmm. after the attack of the you know, burned skin children, the vast majority, if not all of it, is literally music lifted directly from the game. Which oh, is, is it? Awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> like when that's the amazing. first logo shows up and you've got that banjo string kind of going, I looked at Corinne. I was like, yep, that's, that's silent Hill. They've got it. Right. But it, it like it's, but it's done for the film still, right? It's not ripped direct. It's, it's still recomposed for the movie. It's, it's a remaster or for tracks where they're making it for the film. It's recomposed to match what's going on. Yeah, but check that like out. the opening song, all of the ending songs, they're all songs literally from the game and all of the themes in the film are themes that were already created for the game that they've kind of done to match this film, which is really nice. cool. It keeps the I aesthetic really strongly, right? And I've always felt, in terms of video games, that Silent Hill has a really strong audio component. Not just the music, oh, yeah. though the music is fantastic. The actual sound design, oh my god, they know how to scare the hell out of you with sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think Dead Space I, mastered that. <laughs> Dead Space is probably the king of it. <laughs> yeah. But I think Dead yeah, Space definitely. learned a learned. lot from this. Correct. And I was watching, unrelated to this, there's a YouTuber I watch called Wintergotten, and he makes this marble machine and it plays music with all these marbles that fall on different like drums and whatnot. He I was watching a video the other day of it where he was playing these things at a slower speed. So like a marble hitting a drum, but playing it at 0.5 instead of like one speed. And it sounds kind of wrong because it's all amplified and it's got this deep bass to it. And I suspect a lot of the sounds in Silent Hill, the game and this film 
are probably relatively normal sounds, but they've just slowed them down and cranked up the bass on them to make them sound unnatural. And it is effective. Yeah, It's almost living. It almost sounds like they're living in Silent Hill underwater in terms of how the sounds operate. It's very bizarre. It doesn't feel real. It feels muffled and at the same time really exaggerated. And it just, it makes your hair stand up on your arm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think that stuff's really cool to him. Yeah. I'm just curious when the game drops. So, you know what? Because you mentioned sound, and one of my favorite horror movies for sound ever is, is Event Horizon. Oh, yes. And I was just curious. So, like, Event Horizon came out in 97, and the game, Silent Hill, came out in 99. So I wonder, not that they stole, but, like... Influenced. I, I know after seeing... I've never seen a horror movie that you sound... like. You jump in the opening five minutes of Event Horizon because the shutter opens to a window. Like yep. nothing is happening. There's no <laughs> tension. It's just it's quiet. And then bang, you're like, oh, that that's that sets the tone for the rest of that movie. So I I love the use of sound for horror like a lot, and I thoroughly love the soundtrack for this. Like anytime that main theme kicked in, I mm-hmm. loved it. Like every time, and it was always it's got this. It's just so ominous. Every single time. Yeah. And you're almost doing the whole, oh, don't go there. They're playing the theme. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> oh, and it's funny that you mentioned that because Event Horizon also had some pretty graphic aftermaths of violence rather than showing the actual violence itself, oh, which, yeah. again, Silent Hill does use that very effectively. Yeah. Right. So it's entirely mm-hmm. possible they learned a few lessons from Event Horizon, though games also have usually you know, several year cycles. So who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Are there any final thoughts on this film? Anything that we may have missed that really stood out to you as like kick-ass stuff? I think we should talk about your opinion of the ending. <laughs> okay. The ending is yeah. weird. And where are you like, are they dead? Are they in another dimension? Are they, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So, and again, for the audience's sake, after all is said and done, the, the current daughter, who's, I guess, a reincarnated version of the original daughter from 40 years ago done wrong that was mm-hmm. burned at the stake. They've killed all the church people, and Rose is now able to leave town with her daughter. But when she gets home, even though she shows up at home, Sean Bean, the, the husband, is there and doesn't see her come in. She's still clearly trapped in Silent Hill. But I don't understand why yeah. she's still being punished. Is she trapped there permanently? It is a weird ending. Well, because when the ending happened, I actually Googled yeah. the synopsis of the video game. Because I was like, well, how did the game end? Just to kind of maybe not help like me that. understand that. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not even close to that. I mean, in my opinion, I guess not even close. I guess they're dead because it made it sound like they were already dead anyway, all these church goers. So they were in, trapped in some in-between heaven and hell and <laughs> Yeah, you know what? So, like, I made an assumption that they were dead because obviously the daughter isn't real because she's this identical Mm -hmm. clone that's been separated from a girl who died years ago. And then the mother, the climax at the end is the mother is stabbed in the chest. Right. And, like, that that would kill you. Like, she's stabbed in the heart. You would bleed out. In the movie... The thing that bleeds out of her is the darker version of Alyssa and it, the corruption that that allows them to sort of wreck the churchgoers. However, after that happens, the wound is still there. Like yep. She should be yeah. dead. So for me, I was like, oh, she's dead because that's why she's 
she's reached her level of like happiness. Mm-hmm. She's got her daughter and she's happy, but she seems to be completely nonchalant and unobservant that the husband is not there. Yeah. And so her lack of noticing that he's not there and they parallel that with showing you Sean Bean, who clearly is alone and distraught and is lonely, you know, so you're kind of seeing the just the juxtaposition of like, she's happy and content, but he is lonely. And also he's in a bright, rich, colorful world. And she's still in that muted, grayed out world yep. of Silent Hill. Interestingly enough, Sean Bean yeah. lives. Also which is a, its own surprising. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a twist. Didn't call that twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> One thought I genuinely had, and I, I would, you know, when I heard of Silent Hill 2, I, I was hoping this is the direction they were going to go. But uh, I was hoping to see a Sean Bean in Silent Hill adventure. Not in yeah. this movie, but in the next one. I think he's in the next one. That's I haven't watched Revelations. I may soon. I we may soon. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. I do recommend it to horror fans. I do. I think it's a I pretty agree. solid film overall. Yeah, Weird ending aside, it has some really creepy aesthetics. The practical effects are right up there. And... The acting doesn't always hit the mark, though I, f- I would probably levy that sometimes more at the weird combination of accents they have in the film playing off of each other. There seems to be many different dialects mm-hmm. happening, and I think sometimes it's hard to tell the performance of someone if they have a slightly different accent going on than the person beside them. The main character, Rose, in particular, had an accent I couldn't quite place compared to, uh, compared to Sean Bean there. Maybe that's it. Maybe just bad acting. Hard to tell. Uh, but I I think it's worth watching. Agreed. We yeah. will call it for this one. Watch this one. It's not so bad. Can't speak for Revelations. It has lower scores. We'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. But next time, we I've are going it. to... It's worse. We are going to race at breakneck speed towards need for speed with... Uh, what is his name? Uh, Aaron Paul? Aaron, Aaron Paul? Paul. Yeah. He's broken bad. He's traveled the Westworld. <laughs> Let's see if he can ride all the way to a good film. I'm not super hopeful based off of Mark's expression right now over Zoom, but no, <laughs> who knows? No, no We no. thank you for Spoiler joining us alert. on Press it's X to Reload. <laughs> I have been Nick Moore. With me were Wayne Percent and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Adios. We'll see you next time. See you later. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next stage.